The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is friday january 19th 2024 and it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live back on the mma fighting twitter space you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network what's going on everybody i am mike heck hope you're all having a wonderful friday it is ufc 297 eve we're just a day away, everybody, from the first pay-per-view of 2024 for the UFC. The weigh-ins just ended, and well, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of stuff happened at the weigh-ins. Luckily, the fights that are on the marquee, all the main card fights, all the fighters made weight, no problem. Sean Strickland, I believe, was the first man to the scale. Under the limit, 184 and three quarters. Drickus Duplessis was 184 on the dot. Both men looked in tremendous shape. Raquel Pennington, Myra Buena Silva, good to go for their vacant Bantamweight title fight. Neil Magny, Mike Malott, good to go. Chris Curtis, Marc-Andre Barrio, good to go. Arnold Allen, Mavzar Vloyev, all set. All set. Oh, wait a minute. Did I miss something? I guess I just missed something. Never mind. Brad Katona's weighing in? So I screwed this up. I jumped on a little bit early. Let me just check in with our uh, weigh-in experts who are in Toronto right now. But So wait, I guess, on that. Uh, Ramon Tavares just stepped on the scale maybe 30 seconds ago. He looked rough. Missed weight by almost four pounds, 139 and three quarters. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Brad Catone is 136. Okay, great. Uh, Priscilla Cachuera. So from what people in the room were hearing, uh, a member of Jasmine Jazdavizius' team had let the media know that Priscilla Cachuera was going to miss weight by almost 10 pounds. So... Her fight with Jasmine Jastavizius is now a considered a bantamweight fight. Uh, Jastavizius, 133, 133 and a half for Priscilla Cachuera. Malcolm Gordon, Canada's own, also missed weight. He missed weight by a pound and a half. So as soon as we get updates on penalties, percentages, etc., cetera, uh, I will let you know. As soon as I know, I will let you know. So... So that's the way in recap as of right now. All those fights, most of them official. 
two are up in the air. I would assume Malcolm Gordon, Jimmy Flick is going to happen. The Sir High Sadai Ramon Tavares fight could be could be a tough one. We'll see. That's a bit, that's a pretty significant miss. So if one's going to get canceled, it's probably going to be that one. But again, we'll keep you posted as we get closer to UFC 297. And I have to say, uh, yesterday was obviously a very strange day. Uh, a lot going on. We did heck of a morning on on YouTube. We did BTL. And obviously a lot of discussion about non-fighting things. Uh, but today we're going to turn the page. We're going to move on and get ready for 297. Because I got to tell you, longtime listeners of this program can attest to this. I'm usually not a fan of the press conferences. Oh, never mind. So, uh, some breaking news real quick. Uh, Malcolm Gordon versus Jimmy Flick is a go. Malcolm Gordon will forfeit 20% of his purse to Jimmy Flick. And the Sadai Tavares fight will also move forward. Uh, 30% of Tavares's purse will go to Sadai. So as of right now, those fights are a go. Uh, this information courtesy of our boots on the ground. And this was coming from the UFC. So all the fights are, as of right this second, a go. But going back to what I was saying before, I'm usually not a fan of the press conferences. I just think they're kind of tedious. We already went through media day and you get all the same fighters who are at media day. Maybe we use that time to kind of build some things up a little bit. This is yesterday's press conference is pretty good. It was pretty good. It got me fired up. I have to say Raquel Pennington, Myra Buena Silva did a really good job. They got a little bit heated. It was really cool to see Mike Malott just look like a freaking hero out there. That was pretty cool. He was just so over. The crowd was just electric. We had somebody rush up to the stage and try to shake Sean Strickland's hand, then got carried up like a little baby, which I thought was hilarious. And Sean Strickland and DDP just, the beef is over. They're just ready to go in there. They have a gentleman's agreement that they're just going to fight, quote unquote, to the death. And uh, yeah, I got to say, I was I was pretty jacked up after that press conference. It's been a long time. Since I was like, all right, this this was very effective. And it made me more excited for a fight and a card in general. Now, do I think this card is fantastic on paper? No, I don't. It's, to me, a one and a half, two fight card, honestly. The main event is great. This is doing all the heavy lifting. I'm very much looking forward to Arnold Allen versus Mobzar Vloyev. The co-main event has gotten a little bit more interesting. I don't think that fight's going to be all that exciting. I Honestly, I think it's going to be a fun watch. There's not a lot of stakes outside of like three of the fights. But I am fired up for it. And let me just say this about, uh, about one Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland might be, at least from what I saw yesterday, he might be the best, and I don't even know if these are words, like official words. He might be the best press conferencer of all time. Like I know Connor had his moments and just says a bunch of things. And I think as time went on, things just kind of got old a little bit. But when it comes to like at least the mod since since Connor fought Poirier, and I didn't like that press conference at all. I didn't think it did anything to make me want to watch the fight more with him and Poirier, like getting heated, didn't love that at all. Um, but man, Sean Strickland is super good at this, super good at this. And here's why, because Sean, like when, when Sean does the media day stuff, he's just, he's unapologetically himself and he's talking to members of the media and he's answering the questions when he's at the press conference, you can ask him literally anything you want. And he doesn't answer he doesn't really answer the question. He doesn't talk to Oscar Willis or Jose or anybody else that's asking questions. He's talking to the people. He is talking to the people there. So he gets the question, does the little intro. He's like, here's the thing guys, or whatever it is. And then he just speaks directly to the audience, speaks directly to the people and gets himself over in that way. He's not answering media questions. He's just talking to the crowd and getting a pop. He is so good at this. He really is. He is very, very good. And that crowd was firmly behind him yesterday. 
And it just got better and better from the first question he was asked. He is a tremendous press conferencer. And the whole thing with DDP, I thought the whole, no, 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 we're not doing takedown things was hilarious. I think that's pretty smart from Sean Strickland because I think one of the worst parts of this matchup from a stylistic perspective, and I'm not saying Sean Strickland is a fish on the mat or anything like that, but if Drinkus Duplessis gets on top of that guy, it's going to be a problem for him. Drinkus is a monster on top. We saw it in the Robert Whitaker fight. So I think Sean Strickland is, is playing this up really well. He's playing mental warfare in like a nice way. And he's trying to sell Drinkus on the fact like, dude, let's just stand in the middle and beat the shit out of each other until one man falls. No takedowns, no wrestling, no grappling, none of that shit. Let's just go in there and battle. And I think this is pretty smart. So I thought he had a great press conference yesterday. I thought DDP took everything in stride. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. So that's my reaction to the presser. We got the update on the weights. Let's hear from you all. Let's get into this thing. And we'll start at Four Corner Sports. Who I mean, I didn't even I, I didn't even get in here before Four Corner Sports requested to speak. Go ahead. Hey, so I have a feeling that the way Sean Strickland is on the verge of superstardom, and the the way I feel like he is, he's on. I feel like he's like that anti-hero. I feel like he's kind of like our version of Stone Cold Steve Austin, just because you know people love him or hate him. People, what's it called? You know you know, have opinions on him. But at the same moment, the fact is, is that, you know, the way that that crowd ended up popping for him um, when he came out for the press conference was, you know, outstanding. And I feel that if he gets a win, that stardom is going to grow. And, you know, that, that um, what's it called? Um, what's it called? If he wins, I, there's no other option but to put him at UFC 300. They're going to have to offer him the bag and, you know, that would be the biggest fight they could put, you know, him at UFC 300 as the main event against him and Israel Adesanya because why else, you know, like who else would be able to cover that, you know, realistically? And I'm actually really intrigued on uh, the matchup between, um, what's it called? Um, crap. Oh, oh. It was uh, Mike Malott versus uh, Neil Magny just because, you know what, I've, thought about it i was like you know i want to see how malat does i mean he could get like a, a great pop if he gets if he gets a win but i don't know i feel like neo magni you know is like uh you know he can actually you know pull off something off against michael malat i don't know i feel like people are looking past neo magni neo magni's a vet i feel like neo magni can you know maybe you know get a win over mike malat but you know that's one of those like sleeper fights that i'm actually really looking forward to all right, thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I would say Strickland is probably like the best. If that if this is the UFC's plan that the winner of this fight is going to turn around and fight at UFC 300, I think the UFC if if they're rooting for somebody to win, it's probably Sean. Not because of the superstardom or anything like that, because DDP versus Adesanya is going to be fucking gigantic too by the time they get there, but. The thing for me is Strickland is almost surefire to turn around. This dude just he wants to, he would fight every two weeks if he could. He wanted he was he was in to fight Hamzat in Abu Dhabi a month after he won the title. He was like, Yeah, let's go, dude. And if he didn't have a team, if he didn't have a manager and coaches, he would have gone and fought Hamzat. He would have to put put the belt on the line on short notice a month after winning the belt. He would have done it. So I think there's a part of the UFC that's like, all right, if Sean wins, there's a very good chance he'll turn around. DDP says he, he, he'll he turn around too, but at the same token, I don't know. I think these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. So, yeah, Sean's becoming obviously a bigger star. Stone Cold, I'm, I don't love that comparison. I get where you're coming from, but people love Stone Cold because they wanted to live vicariously through Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin was telling his boss to stick it up his ass and he was beating up his, his boss and giving him the stunner every Monday night on Raw. And like the common man like dreamed of that in the mid to late 1990s, like getting up there, like, smacking the boss around like anti-establishment. Sean is not really anti-establishment. 
he might be anti-belief to people out there who don't agree with his stances on things. And we're not here to really talk about that. At the end of the day, you either like him or you don't. But Sean kind of fits right into what the UFC is trying to do. And the guy is over, and he knows how to play to a crowd. He's incredible at it. You saw it at the press conference yesterday. He always seemed, at least over the last two years or so, to steal the week, to steal the headlines. I remember International Fight Week. First time I was ever in Las Vegas. First time I ever covered an event in Las Vegas, UFC 276. Sean Strickland, Alex Pereira, like people were looking forward to the card because they knew to that fight because they knew the stakes. But like heading into the week, it, was, it wasn't like a big thing. And then by the time Media Day rolled around, the press conference and Strickland and Izzy got back and forth, like Sean stole the headlines. That became the story. Sean's just really good at that, super good at it. As far as Magni Malacos, I do think there's betting value on Magni. Plus 285 seems like a, a pretty big line. This is a big jump up from Mike compared to some of the guys he's fought, but I don't know, man. Neil has not looked good recently. He's been getting trucked by guys who are much more athletic than he is, and Mike is much more athletic than Neil Magni is right now. I know Neil has will have a height advantage. He'll certainly have a reach advantage. He has an experience advantage. But, I mean, I went back and just watched, like, some older Neil Magny fights. Like, not super old, but I went back and watched because I have to make bets for the watch party. So I, I, I do not recommend doing this ever. Uh, I went back and actually watched Neil Magny versus Phil Rowe at UFC Jacksonville. Yowzer, was that not a good fight? And that is what concerns me. That fight really concerns me when it comes to like the Maggie side of things. Plus, he's, he's getting butchered around. Ian Gary beat the hell out of that guy. I, th- I don't think he's a bad fighter. I think he's fine. The experience, he's got records, all that. That's great. I just think, I don't think he's washed, but I think he's, as Jed likes to say, he's on the well-done side of cooked. I think it's all kind of catching up to him. And I think, this is good matchmaking. This is good matchmaking. Do I think Mike's going to go out there and cream him and finish him in the first round? I don't. I could see this fight going long. But I, I, I do see Mike winning. Betting line's a little, a little wide for, for my liking, but I do. I think Mike can win. I think Mike can win. And I think if you're the UFC, you're kind of hoping that happens. Because Mike is very, very popular in that area. And I think they're going to go back there as much as possible. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, let's go to Abswalia. We're going to go to like noon Eastern, guys. So we're going to try. I'll got to try to get to as many questions as I can. Yeah, got morning, it Mike. I uh, hope you're having a great day. Just two questions. My first is a NBA related questions. I just want to get your thoughts on the recent uh, Raptors and Pacers trade, and uh, what do you think the what do you think the stakes are for both teams? You know, now that the trade has gone through, and I just wanted to kind of uh, touch on something you talked about yesterday at your live stream that I actually um, do kind of agree with, but you know, I also just want to bring a, a bit of comparison. Um, it's about when you were saying. You know, with Sean Strickland, like, you like to see reporters ask the tough questions and you say, you know, you're, you know some reporters who cover different sports were saying how, uh, man, it sucks to be you guys. You know, this is why the sport might not grow. And I, I actually agree with a lot of what you said because while I'm someone who um, does, I guess, agree with a lot of the things some of the fighters say, or at least I don't have a problem with what they say. And I like that the UFC prioritizes on freedom of speech, regardless of your political views or religious views or whatever. Um, I think if the UFC does want to grow, yeah, they're going to have to find a, a bit of balance where they, they can have the best of both worlds and allow the journalists to also have their freedom to express what they want. And you know, another other thing I want to mention on top of that is like, you know, Sean Strickland's not the only athlete in the entire world who's had this controversy. I mean, you know, Neymar Jr. had a very big controversy quite similar to Sean Strickland about four years ago with a fellow teammate of his, you know, um, I think Roger Federer, he had some big controversial back in the day. Tiger Woods, one of the biggest athletes in history, had a lot of controversy, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. So, you know, this is not limited to just like, you know, only the UFC, but I do agree and get where you're coming from. And I think it's because the UFC has kind of always built their brand upon more, I guess, pro-right wing, if that makes sense. Now, without getting into politics, but that's just where my view is. Um, anyway, that's all I have. Have a great day. Yeah, again, I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole again. I said what I had to say about it, and AK was on BTL, and he said what he had to say about it, so we don't need to get into it any more than that. But yeah, it's and this is this is like the thing that irked me the most about the whole situation is that me being a bot and I talk about being a stubborn prick being from Boston, especially when like I hate being wrong about things. And I'm when it comes to like MMA predictions and things like that I'm like, oh, this is gonna happen. Like I'm wrong all the time, and I'll be the first one to tell you. But there are certain things where I'm just like, I hate being wrong, and I. Just the when shit like this happens, and my my friends who cover media for other sports like hit me up, and they're just like, "See, dude, like, we're this shit wouldn't happen in our sport." I'm just like, "Fuck, dude!" Like, you're right, and it's only because like I want to see the sport grow, and I think if like, and I think it's it's growing really well, but like anyone, I had someone DM me. He goes, "How how?" Basically said, like, how dare you say that the UFC is not as big as, like, Major League Baseball in the NFL. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? You're, you're joking, right? Like, you cannot possibly say <laughs> that there are any comparisons here in any way. Now, the UFC is printing money. So from a business perspective, they're just knocking it out of the park. So I'll give them that. But from, like, a viewership perspective and a ratings perspective, come on, dude. Like, it's not even close. It's not even close. NFL playoff games are getting like 27 million viewers, like on average. The UFC, like on it, I think their record, like ESPN prelim card heading into a pay-per-view was like 1.4 or 1.5. Like that's a solid number now, but like you're, you're so far away from that. You're so far away from that. And I want to live in a world where it's just like, hey, when we talk about the big events that like the the bucket list items for all sports fans, not just MMA fans, all sports fans. I want to go to the Super Bowl. I want to go to the World Series. I want to go to the NBA Finals. I want to go to the Stanley Cup. 
I want to go to International Fight Week. I want to go to UFC 400. I have to do this. It's just not there. And uh, look, a lot of people agree with Sean, and I ain't going to judge you for it. A lot of people agree with what Sean has to say. Fine. That's cool. But not for me. As someone who wants to see the sport grow, as someone who wants to see this get into a more mainstream acceptance so i can have less conversations with people in my life and with strangers who like i have conversations with like oh what do you do for a living oh i cover i cover sports i cover mma i cover the ufc and they just look at me like i'm fucking insane because i cover that sport i don't want to do that anymore. i want people to be like oh that's awesome like everybody i talk to Oh, I watch that shit all the time. I watch it with these people. I watch it with these people. We watch it every single Saturday. Like these, this is what I want to see. That's all. And again, we don't have to go down the whole rabbit hole and all that, but it's a publicly traded company now. This, the thing has gone, I mean, super viral at this point. Like everybody's talking about it now, but I don't know. I said my piece about it. I don't need to get into the specifics of all of it, but this is, my biggest concern of it all. But hey, look, Sean's over like Rover and whatever he's doing <laughs> seems to be working. So make that money, son. Terrence, go ahead. Hey. Um, so no. I just wanted to talk about the situation like from yesterday. Well, not really like talk about it, but commend you for it. Um, no, you don't have to go too deep into it, but just more or less that. Um, do have a question though that isn't related to MMA. Um, one would be who do you want to see in the Super Bowl, and who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? And then as well, what moves do you think is going to happen on the off season? And then I have a legitimate question that might make you a little bit irritated, but we keep getting that um, Joe Rogan is being replaced by so and so. Like type, um, <clears throat> not email, what's the word I'm looking for, article. And why do we keep getting that when we all know he don't do like international fights? So I'm just curious as to why those articles keep getting written. Like I know when it's a non-UFC um, pay-per-view, we'll have like so-and-so is doing so-and-so fight night. But we all know that it's not a common ground for him not to do anything international. So I'm just curious as to why that keeps popping up. I just think it's funny. So that's it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Rogan, look, at the end of the day, people want to say, like, the, the thing that, that I, and again, I'm not going to go like deep into what I said yesterday, but like the one thing that I thought was kind of like ironic and hilarious about the whole media day thing was that we did it for clicks, which is absolutely insane since we never even wrote an article about it. <laughs> or even posted the clip to social media or anything of that nature. Like we, like we didn't clip it off at all. AK wasn't like, Hey, this is Alexander K. Lee from MMA fighting. No, he didn't do that. Like there was no clicky things. Uh, and if you listen to AK's BTL explanation, like he kind of knocked, he, he said everything about it. He knew he was going to ask those questions. He wanted it done the right way. And you know, whatever. At the end of the day. Now, when it comes to clicks, uh, you could do far worse than putting Joe Rogan's name in a headline. So, I mean, look, I'm not here to fucking lie to you. <laughs> you put Joe Rogan's name in a headline, like, it's going to do pretty well. So, I mean, come on, put two and two together. Like, there are certain things that it's just like, oh, you only do shit for clicks. And most of it, like, I will just be like, you're you're not correct. But come on. I mean, Joe Rogan is a search engine optimization monster. And it's technically not wrong. Like we know Joe's not we know Joe's not doing the international broadcast, but there is somebody coming in to replace him. So it's not wrong. And guess what? Not everybody who watches the UFC these days even knows that Joe does doesn't do the international cards. There are newer fans that are probably like, "Oh, Joe Rogan's not there? Why is Dominic Cruz there? I gotta say, I kind of wish Laura Sanko was getting the, the tag in, especially with Strickland fighting again, because she called Strickland's title win. And I thought she was so good on that broadcast. 
But look, get Dominic Cruz, you get DC. They'll probably start chirping at each other for the whole thing. Anik will try to keep him in line. It's good. Uh, as far as the Super Bowl goes, I wish the Chiefs and Bills could like eliminate themselves, honestly. Uh, I'd like to see the Texans get in there. I think that'd be uh, pretty, pretty crazy. And then, I mean, look, it's not going to be like the most watched Super Bowl of all time, but Texans Lions, I mean, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? That'd be fun. Detroit has just been through the shit for the last several years. So uh, it would be, I'd like to see them get a, get a little bit of a boost for, for the first time in a long ass time. CV, go ahead. Yo, Mike, heck of a morning. Happy Friday. Um, just a couple of things uh, to get off my chest. Um, press conference yesterday was wild. Um, is it just me or um, like Sean's, um, like his fighting style matches um, DDP's personality and vice versa. Um, like DDP's uh, like, or you know what I mean? Like their fighting style is like uh, compared to like their personality, it doesn't match. Cause like Sean's like, he, he, he says all this crazy shit, but when he fights, he's like, very methodical, you know, very like, you know, very thoughtful and like DDP is like cool, calm, collected when he talks, but when he fights, it's very chaotic. And um, since it's free for all Friday, um, I know you go to, you're going to New York for the, for the watch party. I'm not sure if you either, um, you either land at LaGuardia or JFK, but um, just a rant, man. I think JFK is like the worst American airport. Um, like I don't really travel a lot, but I only been to like, LA and LAX is pretty trash too, but man, JFK is like trash. Um, that's it for me. End of rent. Thank you. Yeah, I get what you're saying from like a stylistic perspective with with Strickland and DDP. Although if Strickland wants to get a little crazy, he can. Just go watch the Alex Pereira fight where he basically did like nothing his team was telling him to do. Uh, but honestly, I, like after talking with Eric Nixick about Sean and his emotions and how they were able to kind of rein him back in, uh, just really fascinating stuff. Really fascinating stuff. So I, I keep flip-flopping on this. I think my pick's going to be Sean Strickland uh, because I think I think he, what he's doing is right. Now, will DDP, will DDP listen to him and like abide by the gentleman's agreement? I don't know. Is he trying to win over fans or is he trying to win a world title? That's the big question here. So I can't wait for the fight. Honestly, I, I think I think it's going to be a war. I think they're going to beat the hell out of each other. I think it's going to be super fun. I'm very, very, uh, very excited for it. For the other question, JFK is terrible. It's real bad. Now, when we started doing the watch parties, um... I always flew to LaGuardia. I'm, I like JetBlue. JetBlue's like my favorite airline to fly. Uh, so usually when I book flights, like everything about JetBlue is perfect. Last or like over the last year, we were doing these watch parties because it's always like they would have a flight at like seven in the morning or they would do one at like nine thirty in the morning. One would go to JFK, one would go to LaGuardia, and I would always pick the LaGuardia one. And then on the way back, there was always like a flight back from LaGuardia to where I'm going, which is from Savannah, which is, by the way, the greatest airport in the entire country. Savannah, Savannah Airport is the best. It's small. It's never crowded. It's never busy. If you're running late, no problem. You get right in. You get right out. It's friggin' awesome. And then the JetBlue flight started shifting to JFK. And I was just like, all right, I get like perks with JetBlue because I've flown with them so much. I don't even want them anymore. Because I hate JFK. I hate going there. It stinks. It's just a miserable experience. Getting in and out of there sucks. Uh, you wait forever for your bag. Then you have to walk like 18 miles to the parking lot to get an Uber. It sucks. So I don't even fly JetBlue anymore unless they fly to LaGuardia. So now like, I'm flying Delta the next few days and I'll pay for, I'll pay for the other shit. 
like out of my pocket just so I don't have to go to JFK. It's awful. Ah, oh, it's so bad. LaGuardia is great. I remember hearing horror stories about LaGuardia. Like when we first started doing the watch party and I was like telling like family members and like talk to my parents about it. Like, oh, where are you flying into? I'm like LaGuardia. And they're like, oh my God, that, that airport's terrible. But I guess it's been all redone now since I started going there. It's so much better. Like it's, it's great. Shout out to LaGuardia. And if I don't fly to LaGuardia, it's Newark, easy number two. And then JFK is like the last option. I would rather rent a car and drive to New York than fly into JFK. It's so bad. It sucks. But thank you for the question. Uh, Leo, go ahead. It's not going through for some reason. Leo, bounce out. Oh, try again. Yeah. Let's see if... Uh... Yeah, I'm not getting you. Bounce out and... Try to re-request, and I'll try to get you in. Usually that's that's the fix when there's a connection issue. Uh, Blake, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here, Mike. What's up? Um, yes, I was. I know, I don't know when this happened, when this was, but maybe even a year ago, you had, um, it was a pay-per-view event, can't remember the, what it was, but you had, the, you had us listeners give kind of like a crazy prediction pick, and I thought that was pretty cool for everyone to kind of give their kind of prediction pick, um, crazy one. So mine would be, um, I think Drickus is going to wash Sean Strickland. Um, that would be my pick. I'm going to back it up. As you say, got to put my money where my mouth is. And then my question would be, um, where, what do you think a win for Arnold Allen does? That, does that give him, you know, next for the title shot? Thank you. He's got I mean, crazy pretty good. Look, DDP could just could ice Strickland in a round. Like, that could happen. There is a real world where that happens. Especially if Drickus is just like, forget the gentleman's agreement. I'm just going to take you down. Uh, there's a very real chance that happens. But I don't know. I, there's just something about Sean right now where I just feel like everything's in his favor. He can't do anything wrong. It's just all going to come up Strickland. So, and I just think he's got, if he can weather a storm, and I'm not saying like, I know there's a lot of talk about Drickus and, oh, he's never gone five. Sean will out cardio him. Maybe, but we don't know. We don't know. And I think if Sean, Sean's just going to have to weather a gnarly storm. And if he can do it, then I think he can win. Like, I do think he can win. I do think there, there is something to the longer the fight goes, the more it favors Strickland. And it's not shitting on, the cardio of DDP, that's just how Sean is. And it's, it's just got to be a crazy fight. But you're right. I mean, that, that could happen. That could very well happen. And for Arnold Allen, I think he's got... The loss to Holloway stings, but Holloway's now going to 55 to fight Gaethje. Ilya is about to challenge Volk. If Volk wins, I kind of feel like Arnold's going to get a shot. But if Mobzar wins, I think it's like unequivocal he gets a shot if Volk wins. Like Arnold might have to win one more, but Mobzar, I think, will absolutely get a title shot if he wins. But I can't, I am so intrigued by that fight. I really am. Even more so, like, the main event's going to be insane, and I am intrigued by it, but in terms of just, like, just full-on intrigue from a, just an MMA perspective, like, what could happen, what will happen, what I think's going to happen, and what could actually play out, it's Alan Avloyev for me. I What a great way to start the pay-per-view. High-stakes fight right out the gate. Uh, super into that one. So, yeah, I think there's a very good chance that the title shot's on the line for both guys. Uh, wait a minute. Do I have you, Leo? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Got perfect. You. Sorry up, about man? that. Uh, oh, good. I just moved out to uh, New Jersey, so I'm going to be able to call in a lot more because I'll, I'll be awake. I'm not on West Coast time anymore, but um, nice. I'm, in a, I'm in kind of a blizzard right now. It's crazy, and uh, it's crazy here right now. But I was just going to ask, well, first of all, dude, sometimes it really sucks to be uh, in this community where 
you know, necessarily don't align with all my beliefs. And I, I don't really care too much about that until I saw what happened to Alexander yesterday or the day before. It was just really, really messed up. And, you know, we, we, we stand by him. But generally, my question was, um, why do you think that Justin took this fight? I mean, first of all, how do you see that fight going or your beginnings of thinking about that fight? It also, like, seemed really, really crazy that he took that fight, and now that fight's not even a number one contender's match. I'm confused about that, so let me know. Thank you. Uh, glad you're on the East Coast. Glad we could hear from you more. Uh, yeah, I saw the weather in, like, New York, New Jersey. It's, like, snowing all day, uh, but luckily I won't have to run on that shit tomorrow, which I'm pretty excited about. Why is Gaethje taking this fight? I think he's getting paid a big bag of money is why he's taking this fight. He's probably getting pay-per-view points uh, one way or the other. And I don't know. I think that's a big part of it. He's just getting a big bag of money. I don't know what's going on with Islam right now. No idea. Uh, He says he's going to fight in June, which makes this fight booking a little weird to some degree, but I don't know. I think it makes things, this fight makes things real interesting at 55. Now, like it is like when, when it's announced that Oliver and Sarukian is a number one contender fight. I don't know if that's true anymore. I think it's just going to be, it's kind of going to be like a, like a mini elimination tournament and whoever has the best performance of like all the lightweight title fights on top of that, whoever can turn around for whenever Islam like wants to fight, like just say like Islam is fighting June 8th or whatever he said, it's going to be who has the best performance and who's willing to sign the dotted line to turn around quick. It could be any of these guys could be Poirier could be, could be Benoit Santini. Gaethje Holloway has now upped the stakes for Benoit Santini versus Dustin Poirier. It is up the stakes for Batush Gamrod for his fight with Rafael Dos Anjos. It is up the stakes for Max Holloway. And honestly, no, I, I, do, I truly believe this. Unless Armin Sarukian obliterates Charles Oliveira, like knocks him out in a round, I truly feel that whoever wins Gaethje Holloway is going to get the title fight, even over Sarukian. If he goes out there and like 30-26 is Oliveira, I don't think he gets a title shot. If he just runs him completely over, maybe he does. So it makes the lightweight picture a little bit more interesting. Now, could we be living in a world where it's like Dustin Poirier fighting for a title over Sarukian or Oliveira getting a shot? Yeah, that could happen, but that could happen anyways. So truly, I don't know. I would say money's a big part of it, would be, would be my guess. And for UFC 300, if the UFC is like, yeah, dude, we'll give you some pay-per-view points on top of this raise we're going to give you to go fight Max Holloway, you only got a short window to make cash in this game. And not a lot of fighters get the opportunity to make that kind of money in MMA. And I think where Justin Gaethje's at, probably on the back nine, still like not like cooked or anything or anything close to it. But Justin has always pretty much said like, the window's small. I only got like a couple of wars left in me and then I'm going to, then I'm going to stop. At this point in his career, he's just trying to make some money. I know he wants to fight for the belt, but I think stylistically it's a good matchup for him. But I'm not, I'm not ruling Holloway out of this fight at all. I really am not. I think it's going to be a fucking banger. I can't wait. And like I said, all longtime listeners of on to the next one know this is, this is the dream fight. This is the one I've been calling for for like three years now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's continue on. Donovan, my fellow bald brethren, how are you? Oh, hey, Mike, how's it going? Can you hear me? Perfect. Yep, I gotcha. Yeah, I appreciate it. My first time chiming in here. I, um, well, first off, I want to give uh, the whole MMA fighting team props for sticking by AK over the last couple of days. I know it's it's not easy to drown out the noise, but uh, the, the real ones will stick by you guys. So um, my, my question, my first comment was sort of how to do with the fallout of this middleweight fight on, on Saturday and the state of the middleweight division in general with sort of what's coming down the pipe in the next year or so. Just as far as contendership goes, I think it's I think it's the most exciting division in the sport right now with all these world beaters. You know, you got your your Bo Nickel, Joe Pfeiffer, Chemayev, Alaskarov, just these guys with limitless potential. So here's the hot take, and I wanted to get your thoughts. I actually think that lightweight is the most overrated division in the sport right now. I think, you know, Islam is too, way too dominant a champion for there to really be a ton of interest. I think there was a, a little bit of that Amanda Nunes problem at lightweight right now and i think that the new breed of these lightweight contenders have been you know largely unsuccessful and 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 overtaking the old guard so there's just a lot of stagnance there so i wanted to get your thoughts about that both about the excitement at middleweight and and sort of my comments on lightweight is there any am i off my rocker or is there anything to that Uh, so yeah have have a heck of a morning thanks buddy uh i agree with you that middleweight's really fun i do think you're off your rocker that lightweight is overrated I mean, come on, man. I'm just like, I'm going, I'm looking at my lightweight rankings right now. Right now, uh, let me let me pull up my middleweight rankings as well. Let's pull these up. So this is always kind of like my go-to in these kinds of conversations. So right now, when we're talking about like depth and everything like that, my 41st ranked middleweight is Phil Hawes. My 41st ranked lightweight right now is Matush Rebechki. And Rebechki is a fucking animal. Like, that's how deep this division is. And here's the thing about Islam respect. To me, he is the best fighter on planet Earth. I had him as the number one pound-for-pound fighter after the first Volkanovski win. But since he's been champ, he has not fought anybody in this division. Now, I don't blame him for that. The Volk fight came at the perfect time in February. Then he was just going to go back and fight Oliver again, which was honestly was a fight I have no interest in. And still don't, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, if it happens, I'll watch it. I do think Oliver will perform a little bit better. But I think I know how that fight's going to go. If Armin Sarukin beats Charles Oliveira, there will be no fight I want to see more on this planet than the rematch between Makachev and Armin Sarukin. That will be like the fight where I'm like, I have to see this this year. It has to happen. And I think Sarukin could be, I mean, Sarukin was competitive on short notice on his debut when he was 22 or 24 or whatever he was, even younger. Like, give this man a full camp. He's so confident that he can beat him. It's just, middleweight's fun. You got names. Strickle being the champion makes things real interesting because now Whitaker's live. Paulo Costa's live to get a title shot because of where they're at. You do have Hamza. You do have these up-and-comers. You have Alice Garaf, who I think by the end of this year could be the guy who is like a win away from a title shot, maybe two. Middleweight's great. There's a lot to like here, but lightweight's the best division in the sport. It's not close. It's not close. Bantamweight is number two. Middleweight is probably three right now because of the names. And then featherweight's four, but I think featherweight is like right in that conversation. Because featherweight's really good too and really deep and really stacked. So I, I respect your take. I respect where you're coming from. But... Lightweight is not overrated <laughs> at all. Uh, Deny, hey, go ahead. what's going on? Heck of a morning. Uh, you too. Yeah, well, first off, Celtics going to get their 21st win at home today. Let's uh, go. I'm actually going to my first winter weekend for the Red Sox like an idiot. <laughs> I'll be watching the uh, main event there. 
at that casino. But uh, I think Sean, you know how like Eric Nixick was talking about optics during that Izzy fight. I think that bleeds over to like this uh, pre-fight routines with these conference, uh, press conferences. He's not trying to beat DDP. He's trying to win over entire countries. Like I think if he beats DDP, which he probably will, I have him winning by submission. It's going to be a hot take, but uh, I think you got to send him to every opponent's country and just keep winning over their fan bases until he owns the globe. And then uh, Max Holloway is also going to catch Dustin in a uh, catch Justin in a dart choke. Almost had uh, Justin. He almost had Dustin and the zombie in the dars. And I think um, Gaethje's neck is usually exposed in these big title fights. So that's what I got. Yeah. Love the takes. Putting yourself out there. I appreciate that. Both All of those situations would be pretty wild. Would be pretty wild. So, yeah. yeah enjoy the Red Sox weekend. Uh, and yes, Celtics will win tonight. Cole, go ahead. Hi, Mike. Uh, I didn't realize, call me crazy, but I didn't realize until yesterday when I was watching the press conference how big of a fight, if Sean Strickland wins this, how big of a fight the Izzy rematches like that is as big of a main event as you can make without involving Connor and John. That is just so like this guy is at the press conference being like, I am standing up for all like who even knows what that means. Who like, what the fuck does that even mean? The crowd is going ape shit for him. And this guy's fighting everywhere, but America like is Sean a draw, like on the brink of being a real draw. Like the U I was watching the UFC weigh in show. And they asked Dom Cruz and Chris Weidman if today Sean Strickland was a top 10 draw in the UFC. And both of them said no. And DC said, of course he is. And I think DC's spot on. Like, that is your rematch. If Sean wins this weekend, that is your rematch. You got to make it at 300. And that fight is so big. Like, I have friends reaching out to me who I've never even heard from being like, Do you- who's this Sean Strickland guy? This guy's crazy. Like, holy shit. This guy is a on a rocket ship if he beats Duplessis tomorrow? It's mm, a good question. Is he a top 10 draw right now? I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't know. Look, here's the thing, and I'm not taking anything away from Sean, because like I said at the top of the show, Sean is, Sean is one of the best press conferencers on the roster right now. Because he doesn't answer media questions. He talks to the people. So you could ask him, like, Sean, what'd you have for breakfast today? Let me tell you guys something. I fight for you motherfuckers. Like, you could ask him literally anything. Oh, what'd you have for lunch? What did you do this? What's the first strike you're going to throw? Let me tell you something. I love you fuckers. Like, he's not answering Oscar or Jose. He's, he's just he's looking at the people and talking to them. He can, it, it, the questions don't matter. Sean has a plan. He just talks to the folks. And they love that. What? Look at every other fighter on that dais. They're either talking to the other fighter, and I know Sean did it with Drickus too, but not before he talked to the fans. Or they're just like, yeah, it's great to be here. You know, I'm the veteran. He's the, the rookie, etc. And Sean's just like, I promise you motherfuckers that we are going to go to war. We're going to fight to the fucking death. And the fans are just eating that shit up. And it doesn't hurt that the UFC hasn't been to, to, to Toronto for four years either. And Sean's just like, well, they're already up in arms. They're ready to go. They're fired up. And at that point, like the UFC is just printing money at this point that whether Sean and DDP are in the main event or, I mean, let's be clear. I think Raquel Pennington, Mara Buena Silva would have been a tough sell. But you could put anything there and I think you would have done the numbers. So it's hard. To, it's honestly hard to gauge where Strickland is in this conversation in terms of being a draw. He's super over. He gets views. People want to see him live. That's for sure. Does this trick? Cause to me, a draw is like, you can send this dude anywhere and they're going to sell it in a, a stadium. Like you can send Connor to, to Cowboy stadium and they're probably going to sell 80,000 tickets. I don't know if Sean does that. So like major draw, not there quite yet. I will say if he beats DDP, it's got to be really interesting because to me, draw is not only just selling tickets, it's pay-per-views too. And the problem with this ESPN plus model is we're just never going to know. Like we're never going to know. 
If Sean Strick, if this card is a million buys, like then it's it's official. Sean is a draw, but it's this is not going to do a million. It's not. I don't even think it's going to do like five hundred thousand. This is not going to sell great. I don't think. I don't think it's going to sell tremendously. However, Sean wins this. When you win the belt, it's the first title defense. You go in there like this is why I keep saying with all the fighters that are competing in these all these title fights between now and April. And when Dana announced the main events of the title fights for these first three fights. Sean O'Malley has the most to lose here. Because if Sean O'Malley goes out there and he fucking annihilates Cheeto Vera, like the amount of like the reaction to that is going to be gigantic. I mean, that's it. Like he is off. He's on a rocket ship. If he goes out there and melts Cheeto, no doubt about it. Is Sean going to get this? Is Strickland going to get the same? I don't know. I don't know. But he becomes a very interesting case study. It's not going to, it's certainly not going to hurt him. I think, so to answer your question, if he wins and does it impressively, yes, he's a top 10 draw. Unequivocally. Is he a top 10 draw right now? I'll say no. But we'll see. But it just sucks that we we don't know. We we just are not going to know how many pay-per-views this thing does. We're just not going to know. Uh, we got Owen. Then we have Octagon Blog, and then we got to get out of here. We're doing the preview show at 1 p.m. Eastern, so stay tuned for that. You can join us. Owen, go ahead. Hey, Mike. How are you today? Good. How are you, man? Um, I'm just having a question about the whole Saudi Arabia situation because Dana did an interview yesterday, and he was talking about how uh, – well, first he said, of course, that everybody's saying that the Saudis saying the the card was uh, not strong enough. That's why they moved the date. It was bullshit, he said. But at the same time, too, like he also said uh, when they go in June, back in June, when they go to Saudi Arabia in June, that it's going to be a fight night card. It's not going to be a it's not going to be pay per view. It's not going to be towel fights. I'm wondering if Dana is actually trying to fight of over being told what to do by the Saudis and. um because it seems like uh, the UFC doesn't really need the Saudi Arabia money, like unlike boxing, because it seems like boxing is putting all these big fights right now just because the promoters aren't putting up the money. It's the Saudis. So the pro- promoters profit no matter what, and fighters do too. So do you think maybe Dana doesn't want to do business with the Saudis and he's just trying to self-sabotage it? Thank you. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, maybe there's a part of him, but look, they're getting, they're getting $20 million. Like they're paying the UFC $20 million to put on a fight card. And I think if you're paying that kind of a sci-fi, like you want something good. So of course, Dane is not going to be like, yeah, man, we, we put a shitty card together. (laughs) So they were just like, thanks, but no thanks. Of course he's not going to say that. So, you know, maybe there's a part of him that's just like, look, we don't need him, but $20 million is $20 million. Like, even for the UFC, like $20 million is a good chunk of money, and all you have to do is just go there and put on a card, and you're getting $20 million plus everything else. The other thing is they are part of this Endeavor group. They are part of this TKO collab, uh, and with this collab – and WWE and all the partnerships there. Uh, WWE has a tremendous relationship with Saudi Arabia, and it's part of the it's kind of part of the business model now. So I don't think Dana necessarily is going to have like much of a choice here because it's twenty million dollars. But look, I, if if I'm Dana, what am I gonna am I gonna come out and be like, yeah, man, Don Davis is right. We were scared. Of course, he's not gonna say that. And I know I he. <laughs> That whole thing is fucking insane anyways. Uh, obviously not true. But, yeah, I mean, I just don't know. Without Islam there, because I, I even kept saying, like, they might just do Islam versus Gaethje on that card March 2nd. It's before Ramadan. It's before 300. They're going to Saudi and getting a $20 million siphy. They want to bring something good. So, I don't know. We'll see. We have to also remember, too. 
that sometimes Dana says things and then it's just like not what happens. It's kind of the thing. But what's going to happen in June? Not sure. Maybe it's pay for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe Ari Emanuel and company are just like, hey, man, like just make this a pay-per-view. Just do it. Like, what's the problem? I don't know. I mean, International Fight Week, what, June 29th? That's the International Fight Week card. Something tells me they're going to do two pay-per-views in June. So why not make that other one a pay-per-view? And if not, like, just stack the shit out of it. Do what the PFL is not doing. (laughs) PFL is putting together, like, what they feel is this big stack card in Saudi. But they're putting it on pay-per-view behind a paywall, which is going to cost at least 50 bucks. I think they're actually going to try to charge more for it, which I think is a terrible mistake. And then the UFC bounces back when they go to Saudi in June and, like, puts on this massive, like, just subscription-based card. Like, that would be incredible. That'd be a nice little shot back to PFL. They put on, like, something big with a good title. Who knows? Maybe that's where Hamza Shemaev returns. That'd be a pretty good main event. Hamza versus, you know, whatever happens with Paul Acosta and Robert Whittaker, Hamza versus the winner of that fight. Pretty damn good main event. Especially if the plan is to have either DDP or Strickland turn around and fight Izzy at 300. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. But Dana's just being Dana in that situation, honestly. All right. Last call. Octagon blog. Take us home. Then I got to go. Octagon blog. Mike, how are you? So, um... I like to talk about a fight where people are overlooking uh, the bantamweight uh, fight between Raquel Pennington and Bueno Silva. Uh, with GDR is coming back, she's going to fight Norma Dumont. Uh, what, what's your opinion? If, if GDR wins and Raquel is also winning, they fought before, how, how do you think about it? Will there be a second fight in, let's say, September, October? How, and maybe a second fight between GDR and Juliana Pena. What anyway? Those three: Pena, GDR, and Raquel Pennington are interesting. Silva, I don't know. Maybe she. I have I have a negative uh, 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 opinion about her, but I like to hear your take. Thank you and good luck. Uh, well, the winner of this fight is going to fight Juliana Pena next. When? Don't know, but Juliana Pena is getting the winner. There's no doubt about it. We'll see what GDR looks like. I Look, the UFC's relationship with GDR has not been great uh, ever since she won the featherweight title and then the whole thing with Chris Cyborg and then she was stripped of the belt and all of that and she's gotten her opportunities to fight. She hasn't fought in a long time. Luckily, she's in this division, so she could get there pretty quickly. I don't know. Tough to say. I will say she will, unless it's like something breaks incredibly well for her, I don't think she's going to fight for the belt in 2024. Like, even if she goes out and beats Norma Dumont, which, by the way, is going to, like, it's not going to be easy to do. I think she's got work to do. Let me just kind of, like, look at what we're looking at right now. I mean, Kellen Vieira is there. There's always Holly Holm. Arini Aldana is there. I could see it. Look, I'll tell you which fighter in that division to watch that could find themselves in a title fight. Misha Tate. I could definitely see a world where she finds her way into a title fight this year. So, I mean, there are fun fighters coming up in that division. Like, Nora's fun. Melissa Dixon's really fun. Like, she's just like all action all the time. Cavalcante is pretty fun. I mean, Josiana Nunez. I mean, there's fight. There's people there. Julia Avila is fun. I know she got she got dinged up pretty bad. I know she's got suffered another knee injury, so she's out of the equation for a while. So I don't know, but I'll say GDR does not fight for the belt this year. So, all right, we're done. Thank you all very much. Appreciate you all. 
we will be back uh, on Tuesday to react to all things 297 and beyond. Uh, we will have our UFC 297 preview show in just a little over an hour's time as we speak. 1 p.m. Eastern. It'll be myself, Sean Alshadi, and New York Rick. That'll be your preview show panel. 1 p.m. Eastern. We will see you there. Uh, and then we'll see you tomorrow for everything. We've got the watch party. we got the people's pre-fight show. We got it all. Stick with us, MMAfighting.com. We will have you covered all things UFC 297 and beyond. Thank you all very much. Much love. Much appreciation. Do something fun. Enjoy yourselves. Do things you want to do today. All right? And put a fucking smile on your face. It's Friday, baby. We're a day away from UFC 297. Let's go. Have a heck of a morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.